Lord God, we, uh, we come into your presence. We just want to thank you for this time of worship we've had, Lord God, as a, as a people, Lord Jesus. And Lord, this is truth. This is the cry of our heart, Lord. We long, we long for you to change our lives, Lord. We want to pursue you, Father. We want to be in a place, Lord, we don't hold on to anything else but just you, Lord God. And so I just pray in these moments that we come and we, we hear from you, Lord God, I pray we'll come um, with a heart ready to, to hear from your spirit, Lord. We open our ears, Lord. Will you give us understanding? I want to pray that um, as I speak, it's not my words, but Lord, it's your Holy Spirit beginning to guide and direct us, Lord Jesus. I, I, I desire to be changed tonight because I want to be influential to the things you want to do. Lord, I thank you for your love in this place. And I just pray you'll take these moments now. You breathe life into it. And Lord, may we just know more and more the depths of your love. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. That is awesome. Hey, welcome to church. Uh, it's so good to, um, to be here and to share. And for all of our, our crew that's on live stream at the moment, um, it's true. Ashton's done an incredible job and it's, uh, it's a new era for us. Um, we've always prayed and said, God, take, take us outside these four walls and use us. So, well, it happened a lot quicker than we thought it would be. Um, and so here we are. We're, we're talking into a Galatians series. Um, I was away last week up, in, uh, up on the Sunshine Coast with our Switch Youth Camp. Is anyone on that Switch Youth Camp? Yep. They were all still recovering. There's not many of you left. Um, but it was powerful. It was really cool. The things that God's doing, I just I cast my mind back to the Saturday night and um, just we had this moment where we, we share a, a little bit on what God's doing. Actually, we were doing the Galatian series and um, on the Saturday night, we, we share a word and, and we worship, but then we have a time for allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us and, and to change lives. And um, it was powerful. Uh, just a witness, youth coming down the front and kneeling before God and seeking God and, and just seeing the work of, of God changing the lives of our youth. And I reckon um, we had an extended time of worship. We probably went on for another hour um, where we could just pray for each other and worship. And, I, and I, we tell our youth, I said, look, if you want to go and hang out, you can go and do that, but we're going to stay here. And so I reckon there was 50%. Um, and I think that's incredible what God's doing. And, and what I want to encourage us as a church is I want us to be great supporters of our youth. Um, I remember going through school a long time ago, I can tell you that. And um, I thought it was tough then. Um, but what they've got to navigate now is um, pretty incredible. And so um, that's what I wanted to just say to us as a church right up the front as a result of that camp is let's be great supporters. Let's be praying for our youth, for that generation, um, just asking God to strengthen them and just in our words of our support. Does that sound cool? Um, we are a great support, this, this, um, this church, but I just want to keep encouraging you in that. Um, it was great being up the sunny coast. It brought back some great memories for me. I was sharing a story of when I was up at the, um, when I used to be at uni and I had a lot of time on my hands. I can tell you that, probably not for good reasons, probably because I was surfing more than I was studying. And um, all this coronavirus talk got me a little bit thinking. And I was like, oh, I'm of a moment in my life where I'm glad I didn't have it. I don't have it. Um, but a mate of and I were, were surfing and, um, 
and we just, the, the wind had picked up and the swell got um, a bit peaky, so we were like, let's go. And so we, we started working our way up the beach into this headwind. Anyway, I was, you know, as you've been in the water for a bit, I thought I'd just spit to the side. And next minute I heard my mate behind me freaking out, like screaming, you know, like I've never heard a grown man scream that much in my life. Well, he was almost grown and he was running down the water. I'm like, what is he doing? You know, like arms in the air, just straight into the water. And I was watching, I'm like, man, what, what is going on? He finally came up to me, all right, and, and I said, man, are you okay? Like, are you all right? And he's like, I can't believe you did that. And I'm like, what? He said, the wind caught your spit, and it came back and went straight into my mouth. And he was like, you're a sick person. And I, I, I share this with my youth, and they didn't find it funny, um, but I did. Anyway, nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight. I just thought I'd pass on some of my life experiences. Um, we've, we've been doing a series, Galatians, um, right through our church. Um, we've been doing that from our, our prime generation, our older generation, right through to our kids. And we've been doing it um, through families, young adults, um, our youth. And it's been amazing just being able to get together as a church and, and be in connect groups and talk around the scriptures and encourage each other. And, and so tonight I'm continuing that. I'm going into Galatians 5. And so um, pull your Bi- the Bibles open grab your iPads, whatever medium that you use to read the Word of God. And we're going to read it in just a moment, but I'm just going to give you a recap. So if you are watching live or you're, you're here with us and this is the first time you're joining us or you're just new to this whole um, Jesus stuff and the Bible, I want to give you a little bit of a, a recap so you can um, be up to date what's happening. The, there was a church in a, a place called Galatia, right? And It was Paul. Paul wrote a lot of letters. Now, if you don't know much about Paul, Paul was a a, a guy who hated Christians, would persecute them, would kill them, until one day he had an incredible encounter with God. And his life was radically changed, and he, um, he spent the rest of his life telling people about the love of Jesus and telling him about the grace of God, and to the point where he would go and um, just to the nth degree, go and do whatever he could to tell people about this grace. And, and this is why he writes so many letters, because he's writing letters to churches, telling them, saying, hey, keep your eyes on Jesus. You know what I mean? This is the only way that you can have a relationship with God. And now this church in Galatia, uh, they knew about the grace of God. They'd come to understand that they were forgiven, um, not because of their good deeds, not because of good merits, not because of good efforts. They knew that they were forgiven solely on the fact that Jesus had died on the cross for them because he loved them. He wanted to have right relationship with them. They, they didn't deserve it. They didn't earn it. Um, they realized and knew that their, their sins um, were not just forgiven for the ones they had done today, but the Bible had said the sins of the past and the sin in the future. And, but what happened is there was these Jewish teachers, all right? There's this church, they loved God, and they knew the grace of God, but these Jewish teachers came in and began to add works to this grace message. You know what I mean? Like they'd be like, you need to do this, you need to do all these laws in order for God to love you more. You know what I mean? If you do this, well, then God will favor you more. If you want to be a good follower of Jesus, well, you better get your life together. 
Almost like the more that you love God, then the more he'll love you. And this is what was happening. And Paul jumps in and he's like, whoa, like what is happening? Like seriously, guys, like are you really going to go back to the law of slavery? Are you wanting to sit under that? And this is where we pick up in Galatians 5. Read with me in verse 1. It says this. Paul's writing this to the church in Galatia. He says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ is of no benefit for you. This was a a tradition this was something that they did and it was end up being a, a position or a stance where we should identify that they were followers of God. But the problem is it, this in the end became uh, something that they, they did in order to say, oh, here's a tradition. You need to have done this in order for God to love you. You mean, it ended up being this man-made tradition. And this is what Paul is talking about. He goes, if you're going to work on something like a man-made tradition, such as circumcision, to make you right with God, then Christ is of no benefit to you. Look, if you're going to push down a, a, a working for, you know, deeds in order to impress God, well then, you know I mean, like you've just gotten away with Christ. Just push Christ to the side because it doesn't matter for you then. He says, I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favour with God for being circumcised, you then must obey every regulation in the law of Moses. If you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, well, then you have been cut off from Christ and you have fallen away from God's grace. Now, it's not saying that God has pulled his grace away from you. What it is meaning that is if you have decided to go, well, I, I'm not going to go down through, the, through Jesus' grace that is extended to me. I'm, I'm going to go and begin to keep earning my way to God. He says, well, then you're cut off from grace. Meaning God hasn't moved away, but you've actually stepped away from that. You have fallen away from his grace. And he goes on, verse 7, he says, you were, running, you were running the race so well. Who held you back from following this truth? It certainly isn't God because he was the one calling you into freedom. This false teacher is like a little bit of yeast that spreads through a whole batch of dough. You mean these false teachers, they're starting to get in amongst you and they're starting to impact you and you're starting to believe these teachings. Verse 16 says, And I want you to underline this. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. See, the sinful nature wants you to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. What Paul is saying here, and the Bible says, from the very moment of conception, we're born into sin. 
And this is what it talks about. And I don't know if you've ever experienced, I've experienced this so much in my life, the fact that you have this thing inside you, even if you know you don't want to do it, you end up doing it. Like my, my daughter is almost 10 months, you know what I mean? And even now I sort of look at her and she'll go and grab things and I'm like, no. And she thinks it's funny, like she'll just reach out and look at you, you know what I mean? And I'm like, she's 10, she's not even one yet. You know what I mean? And then I'll be like, Sienna, no, 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 don't touch that. And then she just smiles and looks at you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I see this already taking place in her life. But the cool thing is, Paul is saying, he's saying, we've got something different. We've got the Spirit who wants to do something completely different. And underline this, it says, the Spirit. Spirit gives us desires. I want you to underline that because that's critical. The Spirit gives us the desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And these two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out the good intentions. Verse 8 says, But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation of the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of the spiritual nature, the results are very clear. That's sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. I don't know if any of these are sounding familiar to you. Uh, dissensions, division, envy, and it keeps going. It says drunkenness, wild parties, and any other sins like this. I tell you again. As I have before, that anyone that lives that sort of life won't inherit the kingdom of God. But it says, but, and I underline this one, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. It's the Holy Spirit that produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It produces love. It produces joy. It produces peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And verse 24 says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Wow. It's like, in other words, Paul is saying to them, He's like, are you guys serious? Are you really going to give up what Christ has saved you into and you're going to go back to living under this, this law, this, this slavery? Are you going to go back and, and be burdened by trying to live up to a standard that you'll never be out of reach? Like, why would you go back there? You know, going back to living it out in your own strength. Think about it. They knew that God had created them for his glory and that they'd walked away, just like we have, walked away from God. They knew that there was separation between God and man as a result of that. And then they knew that Jesus had come and created a way for God and man to be back together. They knew without God they were spiritually dead meaning they were no longer in relationship or connected to the creator, the creator that connect, created the spiritual realm. You know, if we're not created, if we're not connected to that creator, then we are spiritually dead. 
And then on top of that, you're seriously going to go and try to live up to this law and try to do everything 100% because I don't know about you, but I can't do that. That's what Romans 3.23 says in the New Living Translation. It says this, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. This is what it's talking about. This is what Paul's saying to them. He says, look, you know all this. Like, why are you beginning to try to take hold of this thing? You know, you know it's not about good works. You know that good works won't make God love you more. You know that your failures won't make God love you less. God loves you. You mean the reason you are forgiven is because God loves you. This is what Romans 5.8 says. It says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Have you ever dwelt on that word while? And what that means? While you're in the act of sin, while you're telling God to go away, while you're an enemy of God, he looked at you, he looked at me, and he said, I love you so much. He says, I'm going to make a way for you to come back. He said, I'm going to die on a cross for you. You know, I mean, this, this demonstration of what we should have done should have happened to us. He said, I'm going to die on a cross for you. He says, but then I'm going to rise again. And the importance of that is that demonstrates that he could not only conquer death, physical death, but then he could say that he could actually conquer spiritual death. So what Paul's saying, he's like, why on earth would you go back to that? See, for us as a people, if we understand this, we realize that God has dealt with the punishment of our sin. Like, this is freedom. Like, you can now be in right relationship with God. If you have come to Jesus, if you've come to God and say, God, I realize I turned my back on you. I've realized I've walked my own way. I, I want you to forgive me. I, I want you to come in and change my life. He says, he, whom the Son sets free is set free indeed. And this is what I was talking about. Your, your sin, the penalty of your sin is done. It's finished. You can't add to it. You can't take from the gospel. Like, you are no longer a slave to sin. But you're a child of God. You're not a slave to the law anymore. Yes, we still sin. Yes, we still fail. But the punishment that's due us has gone on to Christ. And this is what Paul is, is trying to push them at. He's like, why would you go back to a place where you're trying to prove to God that you're good enough? Why would you try to rely on your own strengths, your own good merits, when Christ has done it for you? You can come to Christ just as you are. You mean, why you are still a sinner? Christ died for you. He's inviting you. So you, you just come as you are. Stop trying to prove yourself to God. Stop trying to earn your way to God. You know, this whole concept, of stop trying and begin relying. And see, it's easy for me to sort of look at this and, and maybe read this passage and think, well, what were they thinking? Like, 
I mean, they, they had it, you know, like why don't they just cling to that? And, and when these people came through and began to add extra works, why don't they just say, well, no. But the reality is this happens today. This happens in our lives. This happens in my life. How easily we quickly lose sight of grace, what Christ has done for us, what God has done for us, and begin to try to add things in order to prove ourselves to God or to earn our way back to God or to try to convince God that we're good enough. I remember this in my own life, and I've probably shared this story, but I grew up and had a beautiful beautiful with with I I loved God. I knew of the grace and mercy of Jesus. But there was still this thing inside me. You know, I was so aware of my failures. But for some reason, I always kept feeling that I just need to let God know that, you know, I mean, when I've, I've fallen flat on my face, that I really, you know, am truly sorry. You know what I mean? You say, sorry, God. And, and then you'd be like, okay, I need to work hard to actually say that I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Words aren't enough. And so I went on this pursuit in my life, trying to say, God, I, I failed. And okay, God, I will never do that again. You know what I mean? So I, I would try and try and try. And then guess what? I would fail and I would fail and I fail. And you go, okay, God, this time, you know what I mean? Like, I really want to show you that I want to honor you with everything I have. And, and so I would go again and I'd be like, try. And I would try. And guess what? I would fail and I would fail. And I remember this so clearly, you know what I mean? Like, it could be something even as, as trivial as you, you gossip about something and you feel like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't do that. Or you read something in the Word of God. And so I go down this pursuit saying, God, I will never do it again. The problem is I kept doing it again, no matter how hard I tried. And what ended up happening over time is I began to question whether it was even worth being a follower of Jesus. Like I, I wanted to be a follower of Jesus. But I was on this other side, I was thinking, but I can't do it. You know what I mean? I was still holding the grace, and I, but I didn't understand it, really. Until one day I was at that point and I was just like, wow, this is like, you know, this is, oppresses me. You know what I mean? This is hard. Like, I remember reading this passage that, that talks about in Matthew 11, uh, 28. And it said this, it said, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and I will, you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I remember not understanding that passage. because I'd be like, what is he talking about? Because my idea was I began to feel constantly like a yoke being something that was put probably over an oxen. You mean so someone could guide and direct them? And, and for me, I was like, I felt burdened all the time. I felt exhausted from trying to keep proving myself, trying to be better, just because I, I wanted to love God with all my heart. And I'd read this and say, Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I remember thinking, there's something wrong here. And I remember this old hymn, all right, was the moment that God spoke into my life. He said, you've lost sight of grace. 
like you're still on that that path of trying to like you say yeah okay God forgive me but you feel like you've got to give something back in exchange until that moment I realized I was saved by God's grace I couldn't add to it and you know what freedom came over my life you know what I mean like I began to feel this lightness again I began to understand, oh, wow, like God is not sitting there watching everything I do wrong and be like, you've done it again. You've done it again. Whereas God is saying, you have been saved by grace. The the penalty of your sin, the chains that are holding you back, I've released them. You are now free to have a relationship with me. You're now free to go and discover my love for you. You are free to allow my Holy Spirit to do a changing in your life. I don't know if you've been in that place, whether you've been on a camp or a church or you've had an incredible encounter with God and you've gone in that place and you've said, God, I just want to, I want to pursue you with my whole life. I want to see a generation change. I want to see friends come to meet Jesus. God, I want you to use me. These are all amazing desires. I'm, I'm not saying anything bad. This is what God wants you to have. He wants you to have these desires. But the problem happens when these desires begin to be a pursuit to try to please God. Because the problem happens, if that is the case, you'll begin out of the blocks well, but one day you're going to hit a roadblock. Or you become aware of something that's really broken in your life. And what happens is you think, oh man, I've, I've let down God. And so you go on this try, 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 and then you fail, fail, fail. And then you come back and you say, God, okay, that's it. This time I'm, I'm going to defeat that jealousy. You know, this time I'm going to beat the alcoholic addiction in my life. This time I'm going to beat the gossip. I'm going to beat the stealing. I'm going to beat the lying. I'm going to beat the lust. I'm going to beat the addiction to pornography. I'm going to, dig, uh, I'm going to um, break any addiction that's maybe following my life at the moment. I'm going to prove this to you because I want you to use me, God. But the problem is you and I, we don't have the strength to do that. If we're going down a, I'm going to prove it to God. If we're going to start adding laws. You know, it's easy for us to believe God sorted the sin issue. He made the way. Well, now we better get our life back together. You know, truly God will love me once my life is together. Maybe God will use me once I, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know if you've experienced this. You know, I just can't shake this thing. I've got this low self-image of myself and it doesn't matter how much I try, I I can't break it or I can't sort out this anger. I don't know what it is. But those passages that I told you to underline give us a key into that. It's this. Remember what it said? It says the the Holy Spirit wants to come and do this. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the desire to move away from these sinful natures. 
It's the Holy Spirit that produces the fruit. See, Paul's saying, don't, don't go down that path. You're kidding yourself. You are saved by grace. Don't fall under the, the slavery of the law again. Find freedom in me. Take a deep breath and know that you are set free. You are forgiven. And let me do the work. See, it's easy. Sometimes people will come up and say, well, what, why can't I just then, does that mean I can just go and do whatever I want? Can I just go, if I've been saved by grace and I understand that, can I just go and pursue whatever I want? If that's your thought tonight, you've missed it. See, God wants to set us free. And it's not just free from the, the law, but he wants to keep setting us free from the things that actually consume and chain our life. See, I don't know if you realize, but God wants to grow you. God wants to use you. God wants to restore you. He wants to renew you. He wants to breathe fresh life into you. He wants to show you gifts and talents he has given you. He wants to use you to show and point people back to him. And so he doesn't want us to go and pursue this stuff. But what he is saying is this. He's saying, I want you to come to me and allow my Holy Spirit to change you. See, God is in the restoration. See, let's say something like an addiction. You may not realize this, but it consumes your life. You become a slave to that addiction. For you, it could... It will start taking your, your thoughts. It will take your money. It will take your time. It takes your relationships. And the world doesn't tell you this. They just think this is normal stuff. But, but, but God's saying, no, no, no. I want to save you by grace. And then through my Holy Spirit, I want to begin to renew and restore you. And I, I want to do that work because I want to set you free. Because I've got plans for your life. You know what? I'm going to use you even now as you are. But while I'm using you, I want to begin to shape you. I want to begin to release you. That's what God wants to do for humanity. I've seen it so many times where Christians are walking around and we can be in a place where we're, we're like... I'm such a bad follower of Jesus. You know what I mean? I just, I keep stumbling and, oh God, I, you don't want to use me. I'm just going to sit on the bench for a while. I'm going to figure out my life. And, and we go into this mopey mode. But God's saying, lift up your head. I've forgiven you. I've set you free. Like, I remember I'd probably get confused when people would say, you know, repent. You know what I mean? I always thought that there was this 180-degree turn as in, I'm going to repent and I'm never going to do that again. And I would turn and I'd begin to walk and then you'd quickly go back to it. Until I realised it's actually repent in the sense of, God, I want you to take my heart. It's a change of mindset. It's a surrenderance. God, there's things in my life that I love and I don't want to let go of. 
But God, I repent. I, I ask that you will begin to show me how to release them because I don't want to let go of them. But God, will you show me? And the power of the Holy Spirit begins to work on that. This is the freedom we have as followers of Jesus. This is why Paul is saying to them, stop going down this pursuit. You, you can't make your way to God. It's only through Jesus. He died on a cross for you. And now stop trying to, as followers of Jesus, do it on your own. But remember, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides you. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit, not you. I want you to stop trying and begin relying. And you know what happens to us as a group of followers of Jesus when we understand that? We avoid the roller coasters in our relationship with God. Those moments, I don't know if you've had them when you can come into church and you're feeling like, oh, I have had an awesome week. You know, I've read the Bible a hundred times and, you know, I'm, my hands are raised in worship. And then the next day you make a, a good mistake and you are like, I can't go back to church tomorrow. You know, I mean, I, I'm not good enough. Can you see the difference? When you understand the grace, what we've been forgiven into. When you fail, you go, thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy, Lord God. I'm coming to you. I'm going to sit at your feet and I'm going to give you praise and honour and glory because I know your grace is sufficient to me. And I know your Holy Spirit is going to come and keep working in this area. I, I think about that. Uh, so many people dealing with addictions, they're trying to break the addiction through effort. But the Holy Spirit wants to come and begin to say, okay, you, we're going to break this together. You think it's about effort, but I'm going to come over here and I'm going to begin to work on maybe an identity issue. Or I'm going to begin to work on maybe something that's happened in your life that you didn't even realise. Or I'm going to grab onto this one area in your life that you don't even know that's sitting there, that's fueling this. He said, let me do this work. You get busy with loving me. You get busy with just following me. You get busy with telling people about the love of Jesus. You know what I mean? God doesn't necessarily heal. He may heal something like that straight away. Maybe it takes weeks. Maybe it will take years. Sometimes it takes medical help. But the thing is to realize, and this is what Paul says, you got to remember you are saved by grace. The Holy Spirit lives within you. God lives within you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives within us. And that power is the one that begins to break the chains in our lives. Can you see the freedom? Can you feel the lightness in your life? Yeah, I mean, if you've got a tendency to go back and go, oh, but I've got... Look at the grace of God. I'm going to get the band to join me. Because the thing I love about the power of the Holy Spirit in God's people is that it empowers us. Once we understand the grace of God, the freedom it gives us, the power of the Holy Spirit to be working and renewing us and restoring us to be more like Christ, we begin to understand it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead means that God then wants to call you out and use you. You know, how many times in our lives do we get held back by our own defeats, our past, maybe our insecurities, our, what we think is our lack of ability? 
And God's saying, no, 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 guys, I want you to be moved and equipped by my Holy Spirit. And I don't know for you tonight what that is, what's holding you back. Maybe you've got a, a family or friends or a workplace. Uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe God's calling you to do something and you're so fearful about stepping out because you're thinking, oh, I can't do it on my own. But the Holy Spirit wants to do it through you because He wants to, you to tell people that they can be saved by grace. They can have the power of the Holy Spirit in their life who is the only one that can start dealing with our sin issues. If God can deal with our, our sin on the cross, He can deal with the sin that's in our life. And so I'm going to get you to stand right across this auditorium. And just in a moment of having your eyes closed, I'm going to ask you in this, in this moment. Maybe for you, you've never understood or realised that God sent His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for you while you were still a sinner, that you could have a relationship with God. You never realised that. You thought you'd never be good enough. Well, guess what? I wasn't either. And so tonight, you have an opportunity to come to faith. Just right where you are, you can just simply just say, Jesus, I accept your forgiveness. I hand over my life to you. And I just pray that you'll forgive me and set me free in Jesus' name. Maybe for us, there's people in this room who have been trying to work through things or process things in their own strength. Maybe you've been caught in that trap of trying to add things into your life in order to please God more. You know what I mean? Just to so maybe God will use you or you've been so aware of your failures and you think, okay, well, I'll just push a little bit more and maybe I'll have earned my, my place with God. And tonight's the night for you to come. And I'm going to invite you to do something courageous. I'm going to invite you during this song to come and, and kneel before God. There's nothing powerful about the front here. Travel's saying this to our youth kids. There's nothing powerful, but it's just a beautiful signal, symbol of what God is doing. Just a, a place of humbleness, surrenderance. Maybe for you, you're saying, God, there's things in my life that I, you're calling me to do, but I don't have the power to do it. God said, well, I, I've called you in by grace. I've given you freedom where you don't need to worry about what other people think. It only matters what I think. And now by my Spirit, I'm going to call you to do something. I'm going to invite you to do that tonight. So let me pray. Lord Jesus, speak by your Holy Spirit. Speak and move. Put your finger on areas in our life that are not of you. We ask in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, we thank you that that is who you are, great God, that you are the one who comes, Lord, to make a way where there isn't a way, to fill us with your Spirit, to make your miracle-working power available to us, Lord, and you call us into the freedom which only you can bring, Lord. And I want to pray, Lord, for each and every one of us, for those responding tonight, particularly, Lord, that you'll bless them, empowering of your Holy Spirit, I pray, that they'll know that 
in their own life's journey. But for each one of us here, Lord, we need this great God, not to try and do things in our own strength, Lord, but to abide in you, to walk in the Spirit, Lord, to know you're empowering, to live the life you've called us to live. Great God, this is our prayer as your people. As we thank you for your word to us. And Lord, we want to pray again tonight for our world, great God. We pray, you have mercy, Lord. Come, Lord, do your work, we pray. Bless us, use us as your followers as well, Lord. May we shine the light of your love and grace and respond with care and compassion to our community, to our city, for our world, we pray. And so, Lord, bless each one here, I pray. Bless us, we ask. We thank you that you're with us and you're for us. And so we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Can we put our hands together and thank our tech team? Just done a phenomenal job all weekend, helping us to get the live stream up. And most importantly, a round of applause to our great God. Let's put our hands together for Him as well. He is worthy. Amen. You can grab a seat. If you would like prayer in some way, do come down the front here as well. We look forward to connecting with you online next Sunday. Can't wait. God bless you. We look forward to linking up soon. The Connect Lounge is also going to be um, available up the back corner there as well. That'll be open for you, so feel free to head to the Connect Lounge straight after the service. And the offering containers as you leave as well. You can, um, if you've come to give tonight, you can do that as well at those containers at the exits. God bless.